Hi, welcome to Recovery His Way. Today's episode is a video conference call between the His Way director, Tom Reynolds, and Brandon Lackey, who is the chief program officer for the Foundry Ministries, a Christ-centered recovery program based in Birmingham, Alabama. Both Tom and Brandon serve in the leadership of ACRAM, the Alabama Association of Christian Recovery Ministries. Over the past few years, ACRAM has been at the forefront of addressing a problem of so-called gas station dope here in the state of Alabama. And today, Brandon gives an update on the progress which has been made to remove this addictive substance from retail locations. Well, Brandon, it's good to be with you today. Um, as the executive director of uh, ACRAM, um, you've been working real hard to um, lead the charge in, in addressing what has been a real challenge to recovery ministries, and that's the issue of Tianeptine, sometimes called Tianas or sold to Cianas or Zazas in uh, gas stations, and I guess popularly known as gas station dope. And I know you've been busy um, addressing that. And so first of all, I wanted you to kind of maybe for our audience, just kind of address what is this Tiana problem? What's going on? Um, how is it impacting Alabama? Obviously it has, but also is impacting the entire country. Tom, thanks for having me back. It has been a growing problem. Uh, some people have called it an emerging health threat, but for those of us in the recovery business and who uh, provide services to those with life controlling problems, it's much more than an emerging uh, health threat here in Alabama. It's a the sign of a systemic problem with gas station dope and predatory business practices in our state. Exactly, uh, I know, and I know it's I know it his way. We have been battling with uh, you know guys that struggle with opiate addiction primarily using um, Tiana's and that type of thing to kind of supplement um, that can not be. Track, traced by drug testing, that type of thing, um, their, their struggles. So maybe you can talk more about why opiate addicts are attracted to this and kind of what's going on in that regard. Sure. So uh, this chemical is a pharmaceutical in Europe. It's, it's basically a French uh, atypical antidepressant that also has pain relieving or euphoric effects. Uh, it's not commonly used, and it's actually illegal in a number of countries overseas. Uh, what has happened is uh, the FDA uh, have they have different standards for uh, medicine and supplements, or food and supplements. And so, uh, we have some companies who have illegally imported uh, this antidepressant into the United States, have repackaged it remarketed, uh, changed the marketing from it being an antidepressant to a, a uh, anxiety relief or a chill pill per se, and uh, have uh, just flooded the market, whether it's at the local gas station or online, uh, which is probably where the majority of purchasing happens uh, in the U.S. in all 50 states. But the reason it's so popular uh, of course, we're in the middle of an opioid epidemic nationally. Uh, Purdue Pharma is all in the news. Uh, their settlement is being discussed now. I think they just added an extra one and a half billion dollars uh, so that they would not have to uh, accept any blame for the opioid epidemic that we find ourselves in. But what it is, it's uh, uh, I was about to say it's a cheap alternative, but it's actually much more expensive than heroin or fentanyl 
on the streets, but what it is, it's a acceptable high. It's, it's, you know, it, it must be okay. It must be safe because they're selling it at the counter. And what we have found is this is just not the case uh, in Alabama and, and in the surrounding states. Uh, the chemical tianapine, uh, it interacts with the mu opioid receptors just like any other opioid. And it also uh, plays havoc with many of the other uh, chemical processes in the brain, whether it's serotonin or dopamine uh, or reward uh, chemical. And so you have the classic setup for abuse and addiction. Uh, you, we, you have the classic setup for uh, uh, physical dependence. And with that comes uh, what, unfortunately, many of our clients have discovered are some terrible withdrawal symptoms, uh, similar or identical to opioid withdrawal symptoms. Uh, the problem with tianapine is it has a really short half-life. And so uh, what you see is the, the roller coaster effect. You can get your euphoric uh, or your pain relief or your, your opioid itch scratched, but then you see the cyclical uh, downturn happen very, very quickly, which uh, creates a, a craving pattern, that the, the addictive behavior pattern where you will do what you need to do to, to get your next fix, to get your next high. And so because of the widespread availability, it has been uh, very easy to do that. Uh, unfortunately, many people's bank accounts, their marriages, uh, their health have suffered. Um, what we know is uh, much, much like other substances that are not regulated or even regulated substances, when you take something, uh, or too much of something, you know, uh, in this case, you run the risk of liver damage or uh, liver complications. Um, the, the problem is that the manufacturers place uh, many times more than the recommended prescription in Europe in a single pill. And so even if you obey the label on these products, you are dosing yourself anywhere from two to 20 times higher than a pharmacist or a doctor would prescribe in Europe for this particular antidepressant uh, pain reliever. So uh, not only have they illegally imported this, but they have really, uh, I would say, uh, entered into the area of negligence and uh, uh, sh should be held accountable for the harm that they've done to, to many of our clients and their families. Right. Well, I appreciate you helping to bring that to light, as I know a lot of others have. And I know one, in Alabama, we've been trying to um, get it out of the um, out of the convenience stores and out of the gas stations, um, get it more into a place where you know doctors are prescribing it where it should be in the first place, and prescribing it in the right dosages um, to help people instead of be the damaging that has been. But I know we've tried different things, and we've tried legislation that's kind of been um, halted at times. And so I wanted you to maybe explain kind of where we're at right now on dealing with um, that problem here, legislatively or um, policy-wise in the state of Alabama. Sure. Saying that uh, it was never anyone's intention to create a new uh, drug classification or to criminalize uh, the the purchase or use of a substance. 
that just happens to be the only avenue that we have had at our disposal to remove this product from the shelves. We would have preferred it to have been handled uh, as a, a product safety issue. Uh, we would have preferred that the FDA have pulled it uh, without uh, uh, making something illegal. That was not Akram's desire. And we definitely don't want to re-victimize people who are uh, struggling with this addiction. So uh, that was the only option available to us. And that was even, that's really very limited. Uh, we, this year, uh, we were able to uh, partner with and uh, provide assistance to the Alabama Department of Public Health to uh, provide information about the chemical itself to the pharmacy board. And they did an independent review of the science and came to the conclusion, not once, but twice, that this drug should not be sold at retail. Um, now, prior to that, two years prior to that, actually, uh, the bill in the legislature um, uh, failed to uh, clear both houses. The first, first year, three years ago, it passed the health committee without objection. It passed the house without objection, and um, it, it failed in the Senate just simply because it's really tough to pass a bill, even a common sense consumer protection bill. Uh, so uh, we, uh, the author of that bill pre-filed it. It was House Bill 6, and uh, it did it progressed along the same track, and then COVID uh, shut down the legislative process. And so here we were looking at year three to remove an obviously dangerous and already illegal substance from our shelves. And um, the Department of Public Health, state health officers, uh, Scott Harris stepped up and uh, really, uh, well, uh, one one for Alabama families. Uh, House Bill 2, the author of the Tianapine bill, uh, pre-filed and uh, currently the bill sits uh, having been read by uh, the health committee and has passed the house again so it's up to the senate if they want to pass it it's a little redundant to have two laws enacted on the same substance um, however we are supportive of uh representative uh mike uh, mike's bill because it strengthens the defense of that because the supplement industry uh, is notorious for suing, and, and that's what the manufacturer actually did this year, requiring that the Department of Public Health vote twice. Um, so uh, the bill passed. It was enacted on Monday, April 15th, making Tianapine a Class two scheduled uh, uh, substance. And it is illegal to manufacture, distribute, or sell in the state of Alabama. So uh, we're very pleased. We consider it a win for Alabama families and uh, especially a win for people in recovery who are already struggling with opioids at record numbers. Overdoses in the last year, uh, just preliminary numbers show a uh, over 27% increase in op opioid overdoses. 
those numbers are low and underreported. They're going to come in closer to the 35 to 40 percent increase range for 2020. I don't think that surprises anyone that isolation and anxiety increased uh, overdose rates in our country. So already unacceptably high, uh, much, much too high last year. And it makes no sense to have a product on the shelves that undermines recovery and treatment uh, when we're in the middle of an, an opioid epidemic and a worldwide pandemic. Makes absolutely no sense. Right, right. And I know it's kind of definitely been magnified, right? COVID definitely magnified the opioid epidemic problem because it plays right into what opioid addicts struggle with already with disconnection and isolation and those kind of things. And so the um, I know the opioid deaths and overdoses and stuff has really escalated um, during this time of isolation. So hopefully COVID maybe getting a little behind us will get us back into some social connections um, that might help be part of the solution at least to um, maybe have a better year this coming year than we had this past. But I know as we look to the future, so you're saying this past Monday, March 15th, is that right? Um, the the Tianas are kind of officially um, not supposed to be um, manufactured, sold, distributed um, um, through the vehicles that they've done in the past. So that's a great win. Um, but there's also uh, challenges that come with that, right? Because there, there are people who have um, created a lifestyle that's become dependent on that, and now it's going to be taken away. Um, one of the things that we've seen, um, in my observation, is you know with the um, recent um, over the last few years where the um, you know government shut down um, pharmacies in terms of the overprescription and doctors regulating all the um, opioid medications have been going through. Um, pharmacies and doctors, stuff like that. Now, the heroin markets escalated, which has caused a lot of this overdose death with the, with heroin and fentanyl and those kind of things. So there's always, a, unfortunately, a negative byproduct. So I'm interested in maybe your thoughts on, okay, so Tiana's are now not being sold. So what is the impact of that? What do we need to be aware of as we're helping people manage this issue? And maybe some people watching, they not only are working in this industry, but may have loved ones or think people that are um, facing this. What can we? What do we need to face or recognize that we face now is kind of the byproduct of these changes. You make a great point. You know, anytime you tug on the spider web on this side, it causes motion on the other. And um, for those of us in the recovery and treatment uh, arena, we have significant concerns that. Um, individuals who are dependent on tianapine will relapse or, uh, God forbid, overdose on another illicit subject uh, 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 substance. Um, even stimulant users right now, you can't trust your drugs because everything has fentanyl in it now. Uh, and so uh, what we want to do is let people know that there are resources available. There, you do not have to take a step back. You do not have to enter back into that destructive cycle, downward cycle. Uh, the state of Alabama has added tianapine to its assessment. Uh, the assessment is for individuals who are uninsured or don't have the means to enter into a uh, uh, out-of-pocket or insurance-based treatment system. Uh, 
if you go to the Alabama Department of Mental Health's website, the information is there. There's a 24-hour uh, hotline manned by individuals who have uh, overcome addiction in their own lives, so they know where you're coming from, they know uh, about Tianapine, and they can get you into detox and treatment. Uh, for those who found, find themselves, you know, this is part of your, you know, life-controlling problem or your life-controlling struggles, and you're looking to uh, change your life permanently, there are so many quality recovery programs of all stripes, uh, whether it's a few weeks to a few months to a few years, there there is a Christ-centered recovery program that is tailored to your needs where you will be surrounded by loving uh, staff, uh, a structure that is conducive to uh, uh, health and change, and of course, ultimately as believers, uh, and if, if someone wants uh, uh, faith to be part of their recovery story, then a Christ-centered recovery program uh, is an absolute win-win for them. So uh, there are resources available, whether you have insurance or not. Uh, some of the for-profit uh, uh, insurance-based programs are very familiar with Tianapine. They have been working with uh, Tianapine addicts for years at this point, and uh, they are prepared to assist with the uh, the worst uh, addictions and withdrawal symptoms. Uh, I will say this, uh, if e even if you're a moderate user, uh, there is a risk for um, significant withdrawal symptoms uh, and there is a significant risk for uh, depressive symptoms. Uh, depression is set in because it is an antidepressant and works on multiple uh, receptors um, what we, what we don't want is for people to fall into uh, a depression cycle and hurt themselves or hurt someone else. Uh, so there is absolutely a mental health component to this drug, which again, just uh, reaffirms that what we did and what the Department of Public Health did was the right call. We should not be buying medicine from gas stations. Cashiers should not be our new pharmacist. Uh, we can do better, Alabama, and in this case, we did. Well, I appreciate it, Brandon. I know, as you mentioned, um, programs that can help support people going through this, that you can go to the acrum.net um, website and a list of programs are available in which people can research and look into what would be good for their situation and contact them and get the help that they need. So appreciate all that you've done leading this effort, and I appreciate your leadership with Akram as well. Thanks for informing us today a little bit about what Tiana is, what's going on, and I'm sure we'll have new challenges to discuss in the coming future as we um, continue to battle the, the challenge of addiction. So. Brandon Lackey, thank you for being with us today on Recovery His Way. Thank you. God bless. God bless you.